0: Welcome to the Parkwood Podcast. Our mission is to help people find hope in the person of Jesus Christ and find home in this family. If this is your first time tuning in, we would love to get connected with you. You can text the word NEW to 833-202-2834 or visit parkwoodwindsor.com for more information. Now let's take a moment to prepare our hearts as we get into today's message. Well, wow, thank you, Pastor. and thank you, Church. Uh, I can't think of a place I'd rather to be than right here at Parkwood. No way. Amazing. Now let me make one quick announcement. As you saw all through the service, there's several of us that have had this, these beautiful church merch, the merchandise that represents our church. And uh, I have to tell you, I was the first to, uh, to be approached, to ask to be a model. It's happened so many times in my life, I'm getting tired of it. Uh, They were looking for somebody who might be mature and not and not skinny. <laughs> they are beautiful, they really are. And uh, you, if you'd like some after the service, they will be available. T-shirts, crewnecks, hoodies, caps, and uh, they'll be available. And if you don't have a chance to get one today, they will be available on Friday. At our family fun and fireworks night as well. Get them quick because they're going to go quick. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. What a privilege it is to one more time share the word of God and uh, in this house, what a privilege. Earlier in the summer, Pastor was leading us in a series of messages uh, from the Psalms. I got to preach one of them as well. And uh, for some reason, though this is not a part of a series, it's just an individual sermon for this day, my mind went back to the Psalms. And I remembered that I think one of the the messages that Pastor Danny preached, because we preach messages on the different types of 150 Psalms, how there's different kinds of them. Uh, I think he was speaking that one of them was Psalms of Prophecy. Psalms where the psalmist, not always David, but sometimes David, would be speaking to things that are about to happen. Not just what was happening then, but things that would happen. And I am fascinated with one of my favorite psalms. It's the 145th Psalm. And I'm gonna ask you to turn to it with me. If you have a Bible with you this morning, great. Whether it's in this form or a, a digital form, Get that Bible out and go to the 146th Psalm because this psalm is a psalm of prophecy. And I'm going to attempt, are you listening? I'm going to attempt to fulfill prophecy today all by myself. I'm going to attempt to fulfill prophecy. So... uh, For time's sake, we won't read the whole psalm all of a sudden. We'll we'll certainly touch down in different places. But I want to start where the psalmist just is getting ready to get into a prophetic thought. Beginning in verse 3. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise is greatness no one can fathom. That's just a a fact. That's just reality that God is who he is. But then in verses 4 and 5... Well, we'll four, and then we'll jump down to 11. He says, one generation will commend your works to another. That, that's a prophetic word. And they will tell of your mighty acts. I'm going to do that this morning. They will speak of your glorious splendor, of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and, and I will meditate. No, oh, I jumped one. Back to verse four. One generation will commend your works to another. One generation will commend your works to another, and they will tell of your mighty acts. I want to do that this morning. Then jump down to verse 11. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Whatever David was talking about, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do exactly what he saw would happen. The great opportunity to commend the works of God from one generation to another. The great opportunity to declare the glory of his kingdom and speak of his might that all people might know the mighty acts and the glorious splendor of his kingdom. Title: the message is an act of God. Now, 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 in our culture, in our day, if you use the term an act of God, what is an act of God? If you ever ask somebody that on the street, what's an act of God? Uh, they would give you probably the typical answer because we all know what the world calls an act of God. It's usually an ap- atmospheric anomaly. It's, it's an earthquake or a storm or a hurricane or a tornado. It's those kinds of things that give our insurance companies and our litigation lawyers the ultimate excuse why they don't have to pay up for your problems. And, and if you want to get coverage when these type of things might happen, these, quote, acts of God might happen, you have to pay extra whole lot of extra money. Listen up. I want to fulfill a prophecy this morning because I want to tell you, if you don't already know, at least to remind you of what an act of God really is. It has nothing to do with a natural phenomenon. It's a supernatural phenomenon. Let me just talk about it for a little while. Our world began with an act of God when our God created something out of nothing. Just Pause there for a moment. The best that man can do is create something out of something. But God created something out of nothing. Just a thought, just an idea. That, my friends, is an act of God. It's an act of God, not only that he just created our world, every planet, every star, every galaxy, every universe, but time itself, time that governs our lives, time began as an act of God. In the beginning, God created the heaven the earth, yes, but he also created light and darkness and divided one from the other and, and he called the day, light day, and the morning evening he called night. And so the Bible says it was the evening and the morning of the first day. Time began as an act of God me keep going. The origin of every living thing, aha, an act of God. Every plant, every organism, an act of God. Everything that swims, crawls, hops, jumps, leaps, walks, runs, or flies is an act of God. Yes. The formation of man himself. When God took clay and formed it, oh, just think how he could make this marvelous, complex creature that we are. In a moment, he creates and forms man, and then he breathes into man, and man has the breath of life in him. That's an act of God. That's how God does things. Every cell, every strand of deoxyribo nucleic acid DNA every strand every individual strand of the almost countless amount that are in us of every creature that has ever lived an act of God the scriptures all through the scriptures just just Take that Bible that you have and and look through it and glance through it and you'll see how the scriptures provide unbelievable stories, cameos even, just little short little things that tell us about men and women who stood in awe and wonder at the acts of God. The scripture does tell us it's these heart-stopping moments when God bears his arms and reaches the unreachable, stops the unstoppable, moves the unmovable, They're all acts of God. The Bible tells us about those breathtaking moments when God opens his hands. When God opens his hands and releases blessings that are too numerable to count and too precious to begin to price. That's our God. Ask Moses, Moses, what's an act of God? Well it could be when a bush burned but it wasn't consumed. And when a shrub found a voice, that's an act of God. When the Red Sea divided and allowed a nation to walk through it into freedom, that's an act of God. When a, when a column of cloud by day and a column of fire or a pillar of fire by night protected and directed God's people, oh, that's an act of God. When a putrid pond in a moment becomes a vast refreshing reservoir, that's an act of God when God rains food every night to be prepared already for breakfast in the morning and when a solid rock becomes a giant drinking fountain that's an act of God ask Joshua what an act of God was he'll remind us an act of God is when insurmountable impenetrable walls implode just because God's people were praising him When the sun stood still in the sky and the moon waited in the heavens for the battle against the Amorites to be completed and God's people to win the victory. That's an act of God. Gideon knew what an act of God was in the middle of the night with a tiny little army of 300 men armed only with lanterns and and, uh, trumpets or horns defeated an an army that was fully armed with the latest of warfare that was so large it couldn't even be numbered. Oh, that's an act of God. Ask Hannah, beautiful Hannah. You see, it was an act of God that opened her barren womb and gave her a son who would become the great priest and and prophet and judge named Samuel. Ask Goliath. You could ask David, but ask Goliath. (laughs) It was an act of God that entered his brain. It was an act of God that entered his brain and gave Israel and David victory over the Philistines. Ask Elijah what an act of God is. And he'll tell you about ignited water, soaked sacrifice that vindicated the power of the only true and living God. Ask the destitute widow of Zarephath, and she'll talk to you about a little jar of oil that became a fountain of oil, releasing enough oil to fill gallons, all of the ones that were in the house that she could sell and, and care for her family and take care of her creditors. Ask the grieving mother of Shunem, who'd held her little boy as he died as a result of a sudden stroke. Ask her what's an act of God, and she'll tell you how that little boy had his breath and his life restored completely. Ask the Syrian army officer. His name was General Naaman. What's, a, what's an act of God, General Naaman? He said, I'll tell you. I went over to the river Jordan, that stinky little pondy river, and I dipped down in there as a leper, and I came up, and my skin was brand new, and the vile disease of leprosy was gone. That's an act of God. Ask Elisha. Elisha, what's an act of God? An act of God is when the borrowed axe head that you had all of a sudden gives up its hiding place and begins to float on the water that had been hiding it. <laughs> Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Azariah, and Han- I and Meshael. Did I say that? Ask those three young men. The Bible tells us about their story. It was an act of God that made them perfectly insulated in the flames of their execution chamber. Ask Daniel. Daniel will tell you what an act of God is when God gave lockjaw to ravenous lions that were meant to destroy him. Ask Jonah. I love this. Ask Jonah what an act of God was, and he'll tell you how God sent a fish to swallow a running, re- running rebel, and three days later spit out a walking revival that my friends an act of god the entire life and ministry of jesus was an act of god his coming to earth was an act of god the best known passage of scripture in all of the bible john 3:16 for god so loved the world that he gave His only son, whoever believes in him doesn't need to perish but have eternal life. That's an act of God. The coming of Jesus was an act of God. Every miracle Jesus performed was an act of God. Every sickness he healed, every demon he expelled, every disease he cursed. Acts of God. It was an act of God when paralyzed legs were made strong. It was an act of God when blind eyes were made to see. It was an act of God when withered limbs were made useful. It was an act of God when leprous flesh was made pure and new. It was an act of God when dead bodies were made alive again. David, I'm talking thousands of years after you lived, and I'm fulfilling your prophecy. You said they're going to talk about the acts of God. Oh, yeah. One thing that's really important for us to know, that no act of God is random. It's not just a whimsical thing. It's not just some sort of accidental thing or a matter of luck. Every act of God is for a specific purpose. Every act of God is on purpose for a purpose. Every act of God is on purpose and for a purpose. Let me finish this morning by reminding us of that truth and go back to the, the Psalm where we started, Psalm 145. Let's read a couple of more verses in here. We'll start with verses four and, or excuse me, verse five and six and seven. Still talking prophetically here, David says, They will speak what we're doing today. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And then he says, and by the way, I'm going to meditate on that as well, on your wonderful works. And they will tell of the power of your awesome works. And I'm going to proclaim your great deeds. And they... Pastor Danny, Pastor Beasley, Pastor all of those people in Parkwood that are ministering, they're going to also celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing your righteousness. Amen. And verse 11 and 12, jump down there. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that the amen may know your mighty acts. We'll just stop there. As I read those verses, and if you want to keep your Bibles open to verses, let's say verses 5, 6, and 7, as I looked at those, I saw four very wonderful expressions of the purpose of God's work, the acts of God. What are some of the reasons? His acts display four of them here. Look, you'll see them. I have them on the screen here as well. But verse 11 says... Excuse me. Verse 5 says, They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. One of the purposes of an act of God is to display the glorious splendor of his majesty. Oh, hallelujah. The glorious splendor of his majesty. Now, the word majesty really speaks to the issue of an individual's authority. A king has authority. A king can have authority over an entire nation. His word is his authority. His office is his authority. When the Bible says that God... Does things, he acts, and as he acts, it allows us to see the glorious splendor of his majesty. We're beginning to understand that we one of the reasons that God does things now and has always done things as he wants us to know. The greatness of his authority. He is sovereign and Lord over all of time and all of creation. And as in that place, he has authority. Doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter what generation you lived in, doesn't matter what place you live in, God is still King. He's still authority. It doesn't matter what government you are under, God is still in authority. He is still in control. This is His world. This is my Father's world. He is God. He is absolute in His authority. Verse 13, in your Bibles, I won't put it on the screen just, but I'll just read it to you. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. Hallelujah. So when you say, God, I want to know about your acts. I want to know who you are and what they mean. You're, you're going to experience the opportunity to know his authority, the splendor of his majesty. Verse 6 gives us a second reason. They will tell, I'm doing it. They will tell of the power of your awesome works. I'll put it this way. Secondly, every act of God not only displays the splendor of his majesty, but displays the greatness of his power. Majesty refers to authority, power refers to ability. Authority without ability is very, very limited. But then again, ability without authority can go all the wrong directions. But when you have authority, you're doing or functioning in the office, you have the right to be in, and you're then manifesting ability as well. Wow, you have the combination that makes great things happen. When Jesus walked this earth, he demonstrated the splendor of God's majesty he exp- expressed and demonstrated the greatness of God's power. That last part of that 13th verse I read a minute ago, He says the Lord is faithful to all of his promises. Just, just stop there. Faithful to all of his promises. you know how many thousands of promises are in the word of God? You can make promises all day long when you have authority, but all of it, if you have no ability, the promises are lost. But because he says he's faithful to his promises, that means he gets done what he says he will do. There is no impossible. There is, I'm sorry, I can't get it done. There is no, well, that's too much for me. He says he's going to do it. That's authority. He gets it done. That's ability. He's king and he's Lord. He's the God of all power as well as God (laughs) of all knowledge. Every act of God, every act of God has a purpose. It demonstrates the splendor of His majesty, It demonstrates the greatness of His power. Then in verse seven, you have a fourth thought here. They will tell, I'm doing it. They will tell the power excuse me, the, the power of your awesome works, not just your oh, no, I'm sorry, verse seven, they will celebrate the abundance of your goodness, the abundant goodness. Now, we've talked about authority, ability, but now we're talking about goodness in verse 7. You ever talk to somebody and ask them how they're doing? They say, I'm doing good. That, That actually is a better answer than sometimes people mean to give. We assume that when someone says they're doing good, we assume they are good in themselves, feeling good, right? But... Actually, when you say, how are you doing, and they say, I'm doing good, grammatically correct, they are actually saying, I am doing good things. Yeah. I'm doing good things. I'm not just feeling good. I am doing good. So somebody, if you ask somebody, how are you, and they say, good, good. If you ask them, how are you doing, and they say, I'm doing good, ah, they've said something beyond just who they are, they're saying what they do. When the Bible says the acts of God, the acts of God will manifest the extent of his goodness. That means he's doing things that are good. And that word goodness speaks to the issues of love and grace. He's a God that when he acts, he's manifesting his love and he's manifesting his grace. Those are the elements of his goodness in himself and what he does. Ah, oh, think about it for a moment. Those 14th and 15th verses of the Bible says the Lord upholds those who fall and he lifts up those who are bound down. Aren't you glad he does that? When you fall, you can get back up again because you know he's going to do it for you. When you're bowed down, he'll bring you back out again. It all because he's a God that when he acts, he's manifesting his goodness. Not just who he is, but what he does. Wow. You wouldn't be here this morning if it wasn't for the goodness of God. It's not about what you are, it's what he's done. It's not about just who he is, but it's what he does. You ever met somebody who's a good person that never does anything good for anybody else? It sort of doesn't work. It's a bit incongruent. Fourth and finally... Acts of God celebrate or manifest. In verse 7, we read this, what I started to read. They will celebrate not only your abundant goodness, but joyfully sing of your righteousness. Acts of God not only display the splendor of his majesty, the greatness of his power, the extent of his goodness, but also the perfection of his righteousness. The perfection of his righteousness what I mean by that, it's speaking to the issue of holiness and purity. He's not only a God of amazing, unbelievable authority, He's not only a God of matchless ability and wonderful grace and love, but He is a God of absolute purity and obedience and holiness. He is the essence of purity and the essence of holiness. Again, Look farther down in the psalm, and there's a wonderful verse that says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. He is righteous in all his ways. I fulfilled a a prophetic word this morning, I believe, because the psalmist said they're going to talk about they're going to talk about the splendor of his majesty and they're going to talk about the greatness of his power and the extent of his goodness and the perfection of his righteousness when they begin to talk about the acts of God. I've done that this morning. Amen. I was thinking about Daniel. Join me again if you will. Let's think about how, how do you end this message? I thought really this only one way to do it is that is to ask God to come and do it again. It's the 119th Psalm I think it's one of verse 126 where the psalmist in the middle of that marvelous psalm about the word the psalmist says it's time for you to act oh God. We need God. And I'm not talking about storms or floods or hurricanes or fires. I'm talking about God doing miracles in us, for us, through us. Things that change lives. There's some of us In this room that desperately need an act of God in our lives. Maybe you're doing really well. Your time will come because we live in this world and we live in these bodies. But maybe it's your son or your daughter or their spouse, your children, grandchildren. I can start naming people right now in my immediate family that need an act of God. It begins by simply believing that God is who he says he is. Faith starts in the heart of a believer when that believer begins to believe that God is who he said he is. There's two kinds of faith. Passive faith and active faith. Passive faith says, I know God can take care of it. Oh, that's good, but it's passive. Active faith says, I'm believing God will take care of it. That's the difference. Would you stand with me? I recounted to you a whole litany of examples of acts of God. But all of that is a wonderful thought and a wonderful memory. But we need more than memories today. We need God to act right here and right now. So will you close your eyes just for a moment, and I'm almost done. I will not keep you unnecessarily. But I want you to think for a moment, and I think you can think perhaps best in this moment if you just close your eyes. There's too many things to grab your attention. I want you to think for a moment. Ask yourself the question, what do I need most in my life right now? What's going on? What's going on in your home? What's going on in your workplace? What's going on in your family? What's going on in your relationships? What's going on? I want you to just focus on one thing. And we are going to believe God to do miracles today. Passive faith says, I know God can. That's the beginning of faith. But God responds to faith that's more than passive. It becomes active says I believe God will. Amen. And I'm going to challenge you by faith. I'm going to challenge you by faith to do this. To look at that thing, think about that thing that's on your mind right now. And say in your heart, God, I know you're able. And will you also then begin to say, God, I'm believing today that you will do it. My relationship's going to turn around. The issues in my workplace are going to turn around. My children are going to turn around. My grandchildren are going to turn around. The situation is going to turn around and I'm going to believe it and I'm going to speak to it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now let me pray with you. The Bible says the prayer of agreement. I'm going to agree with you right now. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of action. Everything we see, everything we know, everything we understand that has any value, any beauty, any meaning, it's because of you. We trust what you promised. And I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to keep every promise you've made. And in this moment, in this place, we choose to believe not only that you can, but to stretch out in faith and declare in Jesus' name, we believe you will. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I come in agreement with every person in this room. That is activating their faith right now to experience an act of God in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, would you just take a moment and praise Him? Would you just thank Him? Wow. The people of Israel were told to sing praises while the walls were still up. But while they were praising, before they got finished, the walls were not there anymore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise him for a moment. What you're doing? Give him praise. Come on, open your mouth and give him praise. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for tuning into today's sermon. If this message has been a blessing to you, please be sure to share this with a friend and leave us a review in the podcast app of your choice. For more information and to get connected with Parkwood, please visit parkwoodwindsor.com.